0: The following podcast contains explicit language. One definition of explicit language is stated clearly and in detail, leaving no room for confusion or doubt. That's why we use those words.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 331 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Uh, this show is going to air on Monday, January 3rd of 2022. Happy New Year, y'all. Um, upcoming events, we've got uh, about 12 yeah twelve days until the beginning of the January LSAT, starting on uh, the 15th of January. We have a deadline on Thursday, February 3rd, if you want to sign up for the March LSAT. Uh, you can come talk to me for free at my LSAT study group. We're going to be wrapping up the January 2021 LSAT study group. That's every other Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. All you need is a demon-free account, so lsatdemon.com and uh, sign up for a free account, and you can start registering for not only my study group, but Ben does classes occasionally. I do other classes occasionally. All, there's all kinds of free resources. You can do drilling and timed sections and time tests. And if you're new to LSAT prep, or if you're a refugee from another test prep company, um, please start with lsatdemon.com and a free account. I think you'll uh, be pleasantly surprised that we talk about the test think about the test um in a more intuitive simple common sense fun kind of a way yeah so please uh give that a shot today cool. on the show we had uh a follow up from an uh from Chris who uh, had asked us for some advice about whether to get accommodations on the LSAT we have a pretty long discussion about accommodations we have a new leader in the uh, it, it didn't come from Spotify wrapped. So I feel like Al gets a little bit of an asterisk, but Al uh, <laughs> almost doubled the previous gold medal winner for most minutes uh, of listening to the podcast in the last year. So thank you for that, Al. We have a follow-up from a uh, demon team member, Brittany about our uh, scholarship estimator LSAT slash scholarships. And we did a weekend question from prep test 73. Um, before we get into all that, Ben, I, I did want to talk to you about, I, I really like this idea you emailed the other day. Um, we were talking about how we get more people to take our foundations classes. Mm. In LSAT Demon Live, uh, LSAT yep. Demon Live, you have the opportunity to do live classes seven days a week, uh, multiple different offerings seven days a week. And some of those, we have labeled them foundations. Yeah. Uh, and we've noticed that, uh, people tend to overestimate their own abilities and they don't want to go to classes that have basics or foundations in the name
0: mm-hmm. yeah. for some reason.
1: They want and, advanced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah, they want advanced or even expert, right? Cause my double yeah. black diamond class is an expert class and you know, I, everybody's welcome at that class, but it's like, Hey, really, we're going to be doing the hardest questions at a really fast pace. And I know what your score is. And is this really the most efficient use of your time to be doing yeah. the expert level stuff? Yeah. So You know, I really do think that anybody who's scoring 150 or lower, maybe Mm -hmm. even 155 or possibly even 160 or lower, you really should consider going to those foundations classes. Yeah. It's going to be a slower pace. It's going to be, you know, not the hardest questions.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: But it will be easy and medium difficulty questions at a comfortable pace where everybody can take their time and get make sure that they get all of their questions answered. And ultimately, our goal is we want every single person in the room to understand every single question that we talk about in those foundations classes. Yeah. Because it really is like building a foundation, right? I mean, you can't build a house on top of a cracked foundation. Yeah. So if you're not understanding the easy and medium difficulty questions at a comfortable pace, well, that's the work you need to do. And if you're scoring 155, you're probably struggling with some of those questions. Yeah. So anyway, we have this bit of a quandary where people don't come to the foundations classes even though they should. We were kicking around a bunch of ideas Uh, about how to get people to go to those foundations classes. Mm -hmm. And you emailed something that struck me enough that I wanted to put it on the agenda just to kind of kick it around with you. This idea of um, you asked, in bold, you asked, what is one easy thing we could do to encourage that? And you gave a little bit of background. You said, one of the devs has been teaching me this idea over the past year or so. I say, hey, we want to do X, Y, and Z. And he often responds, well, what about just doing X? which happens to be the easiest thing on my list that is still likely to achieve the goal. Or better yet, he comes up with an even easier solution to our problem. These easy solutions are rarely perfect, but it's a trade-off. Super easy and fast solutions are cheap and easy to implement. If they work, great. We just saved ourselves a ton of time and effort. If not, fine. We didn't give up much. And so we can try something else. Um, I guess we could talk about foundations classes in specific. Mm-hmm. But what I really wanted to, I, re- I really just wanted to like thank you for this idea. Yeah. And to talk about that a little bit more. Maybe, maybe our listeners could have like some other examples of that type of a thing.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because. <laughs> he he just does it so reflexively, I, of course, have come to expect it, right? So it's like, we have a problem. And now because I expect it, instead of throwing three solutions at him, I'm asking myself first, right? Like, okay, do we need to do all these solutions mm. to fix this problem? And are there other solutions or solution? Is there a solution that's the easiest of them all? And I said in there, it's rarely perfect. And that's because it seems like these, you know, simpler solutions, they don't, they don't maybe accomplish exactly what you wanted to accomplish. The flip side of that though is that they're, they're so easy, they're so fast that you you get a solution quickly as opposed and to new. Y- yeah. yeah.
1: And probably have fewer unintended consequences as yes. well. Yes.
0: That's what I wanted to get to, because it's weird, because I just said that they're rarely perfect, but in some ways they're more perfect, not just yeah. because they're faster and easier, but because you have less complexity, right? So. Um, you don't go around changing a bunch of other bullshit. Yeah. Just to accommodate some specific scenario that mm -hmm. you want. Perfect. You're like, well, okay, we're going to go with this easier billing system, for example. And yeah, we're giving up some things, but boy, that system it works. There's no testing involved. It was
1: up in two hours. You know, I actually have an example that is law school admissions related. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, we get these emails all the time on the Thinking LSAT podcast, by the way, help at thinkinglsat.com if you want to get on one of our agendas. Um, we get emails that are like, my undergraduate GPA is only 3.1 and that's because I was sick during this semester and I had to, my mom died and I had to take some time off of school and I had three jobs and also I started off as biology major and that was a big mistake. So once I changed my major, then I had to hire whatever, higher GPA. And it's like they're they're throwing like it's, – it's like they're throwing eight different solutions at the problem of mm-hmm. I have a low cumulative GPA. Yeah. And the one thing that we always say is, okay, good. Pick one of those excuses <laughs> or pick one fact.
0: Yeah. Like, like maybe it's none of those excuses.
1: Maybe you just say my GPA ended with a 3.5. Exactly. And it's like, hey, this is – much simpler, you write a two sentence addendum instead of a two page addendum. Yes, yes. you don't have the unintended consequence of making people think you're full of shit
0: yeah or and all the other shit. yeah, the can of worms that you now open by trying to craft this perfect solution yeah. to the problem. yeah
1: yeah and and instead, you go with the imperfect solution. Yes, it's true. They're not going to know about your mom's tragic death. Yeah. And yeah, they're not going to know that you started out as a biochem major and then later switched. To and you started philosophy.
0: out as biochem because you had a mentor who gave you bad <laughs> right. advice. It's like it's like
1: it's always <laughs> and you're undiagnosed ADHD and you're whatever. And it's like, OK, but hold on a second if you try to go with the X, Y and Z in that addendum,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: then you are going to muddy the waters a lot and waste their time and maybe cause them to think that you're a problem or that you're always looking for excuses. And instead you go with the one simple solution of like my GPA during my senior year was a 4.0. Yeah. And, is it a perfect solution? No. But by the way, in this in this exact example, there is no perfect solution anyway, because your your cumulative GPA is your cumulative GPA.
0: Yeah. And it frees up time,
1: right? It frees up time oh, to do every other thing, including study for the LSAT.
0: LSAT, which is like yeah. I think one of his, um, or because he's reflexively always saying, okay, well, what about just doing X or what about doing something that's simpler than that? It's forcing me to think about, well, what of these solutions, if not another solution, but what of these solutions is the one that's the easiest and the most, uh, the word that comes to mind is impactful, but I don't want to say impactful, maybe the most effective like in life, Right. Um, sometimes it's like, we're trying to do five things to solve a problem and it would just be easier to focus on one and really kill it on that one solution. Even though you're now giving up, you know, maybe these other things would have a 20% impact on your outcome, but now because you can do the one thing that has an 80% impact on whatever your goal is and do it really well. Because right when you start doing five things, you do the one thing that matters most, probably less effectively. And maybe some days you don't do it. And in this case, right,
1: it's studying for the LSAT. Like your GPA is yeah. done. Yeah. the Boy, there's so many applications. I hope that our listeners will email help at thinkinglsat.com and give us some more examples. Or I guess my challenge to you, listener, uh, this week is to look for one easy thing you could do to solve whatever various problems you think you're having in your life. You know, um, you're depressed. Is there one easy thing you could do to fix that? You're overweight. Is there one easy thing you could do to fix that? You're, um, you know, like not perfect solutions, but just like what's one thing you could do that wouldn't require you, um, a grand master plan, right? In your LSAT studies, like you, you're not happy with your overall LSAT score and you've, you've identified a a weakness in logical reasoning. Yep. I'll tell you right now, one easy thing you could do to fix that problem is basically to drill logical reasoning, do one question at a time. And your, your problem is only ever, one question that's in front of your face right now. Get your mind
0: wrapped around that.
1: Yeah. I I get it that you aren't happy with your 120 to 180 LSAT score. And I get it that you have a weakness in logical reasoning. And I even get it that you think you've diagnosed a problem with necessary assumption questions or whatever. Mm -hmm. But those are all still too big of you can't just solve your necessary assumption problem you need to solve one necessary assumption question. Yeah. Um Cool. Anyway, I I just wanted yeah. to say thanks for that and I I did want yep. to share that with the listener because I I think that there's a lot there that you know, whatever your your big you know, you got a problem with your husband or wife or girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, what's one thing you could do? Yeah. Just one easy thing that you could do without thinking about it too much. What's the one thing you could do that would be easy in order to encourage this much bigger, broad goal or problem that you're trying to solve?
0: Well, it's crazy, too, because even when you said, you know, problem with your significant other, the idea that came to my mind was like, sometimes you just have to listen to somebody you don't (laughs) even say anything you just need to listen acknowledge and then bam all of a sudden the ice starts melting and everybody's like oh you understand me oh it's so great and it's like instead you're like gonna go at it with some big solution like oh you know i gotta take you out i gotta do this i gotta do that what about hey it seems like you're upset and then just listen just listen and that's even less work (laughs) than like crafting an
1: argument for why you're right i don't know Please email help at thinkinglsat.com with uh, your solution. I really want to know what you did this week to to find one easy thing you could do to fix, whether it was LSAT related or not. I just, I think that there's a lot of wisdom in that. So Mm -hmm. uh, I hope you'll thank the devs for me and I wanted to thank you. I will. Thanks. All right. Let's dig into the show. You ready to dive in? Let's do it. We have this email here from Chris. This is a follow up. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and read it. Hey guys, just wanted to follow up since I finally got around to the episode where you answered my questions regarding accommodations for ADHD. Seriously, thank you so much for your input. Ben, I actually just finished reading Driven to Distraction by Dr. Halliwell after my psychologist suggested it during our first meeting. That book is a bit dated now, I think published in 95, but I felt like it was written about me. I'm gonna start reading ADHD 2.0 immediately. Rediscovering this diagnosis these past few months has been eye-opening. A lot of my life makes sense to me now. What I really needed to hear though, apparently, was these are the rules, you're playing by the rules, they're here specifically for this, you are legally entitled to this. I guess I can't help what the accommodations are, since I agree very much with Nathan that they seem overpowered, but that doesn't exactly mean I should not do it out of some sense of morality if I have the opportunity and a legitimate reason. It's kind of weird thinking of ADHD as something that needs accommodations, I guess. I haven't been treated since I was 13 or so, and I think a big part of that was just trying to prove that I'm normal and I don't need any extra help. Anyway, thank you very, very much. I seriously appreciate your feedback. I am now working on getting the proper letters filled out and submitted, and hopefully I'll have a good follow-up email for you both in a few months. Thanks again, Chris. And you might remember, Ben, I mean, you can tell from Chris's email, but that's the person who was, like, in a moral quandary about whether they should apply for accommodations or not. And I can't remember the details, but this was, they had been diagnosed when they were a kid apparently Mm -hmm. and treated even yeah and then you know like well should i could i get accommodations for the lsat and we were like yeah they're (laughs) wildly overpowered but
0: yeah that's not your battle (laughs) that's not your that's not a decision that's in your court what's in your court is applying for them and getting them (laughs)
1: Yeah, should you take, should you take advantage of, you know, this disadvantage, which the law school admission council has chosen to like overcompensate for?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I, it, it, that's in our opinion, right? Like, just it, it just seems like time and a half is kind of crazy um, when you think about what, <laughs> when you think about how much value five extra minutes has. Yeah, I think it's 18 it's the, extra minutes is like, what? It's just nuts, but
0: yeah. And then you have double time as well. I mean, yeah. I think our biggest problem is that they've hmm, seems to have oversimplified the accommodations process, right? It, there used to be accommodations that were more tailored to the cases, I think in part because they had fewer cases, right? Before a long time ago, they had fewer cases. And so maybe they had the bandwidth or the, you know, the capability to yeah. tailor the accommodations to I mean, the we can't cases. really
1: speculate like what's going on behind the curtain, right? We know that they used to deny. Like at the beginning of my time teaching LSAT, I used to say, oh well, yeah, I mean, there is accommodations, but it's hard to get. But then they had that lawsuit that they lost and their response, it seems, has been to basically just approve almost every application, right? We've been saying this for years that we, like, I, I literally don't, I haven't heard anybody who got denied accommodations.
0: I haven't heard that in a long time, at least a couple years.
1: (laughs) Oh, for me, it's been way longer than that. I feel like I've been yelling on the podcast, like, Hey, if you got denied, we would love to hear why you're getting denied. But like nobody emails help at thinkinglsat.com and tells us um, that they got denied. So you know, it, it seems now that they've just kind of decided, well, okay, w- we can't deny people. And yeah. that seems problematic. I mean, I'm glad that the people who need and deserve these accommodations are able to get them.
0: Absolutely. B- it but just it, seems like the scale has <laughs> tipped in the other direction. Yeah. It was probably overly like restricted before, and now it seems yeah. like overly generous. And who knows? We don't know. We're not experts in that field by any means. Nope. It's just based on our experience and based on the fact that it seems like when people get five extra minutes or give themselves five extra minutes for a section, they do astoundingly better. So, you know, how much more help do you actually need? Do you need time and half? Do you need double time? We don't know, but it's there. And if you have an accommodation such as ADHD, you should apply for it. You know, one thing that he said here is he said, um, I think a big part of not getting help was just trying to prove that I'm normal and that I don't need any extra help the the reason that line stuck out to me is that in the book adhd 2.0 the um dr hallowell actually talked about how people with adhd tend to not want to seek out help precisely for that reason Mm. and so it's it's this you know cash 22 i guess you have adhd you need help or you could benefit a lot from even small interventions but precisely because you have adhd you're not the type of person to seek out that help.
1: Well, I'm sure. Th- no, I mean, that goes for all sorts of other things too. Yeah. Right? Like, depressed people don't go get the help they need <laughs> yeah, for depression.
0: You're depressed. You don't want to go solve get the help yeah. they
1: need for alcoholism. Like, it, it's yeah. just, it's human nature, I suppose. But yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, I hope people don't get the wrong impression because we are fully in support of people getting their needed, deserved, legally entitled accommodations.
0: Absolutely. We're
1: just perplexed by the system. Uh, you'd, yeah. You'd be crazy <laughs> not to. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, it's, I am going to be really, really interested in seeing the, the updated data. Like I would love to know what percentage of the testing population is getting tested or sorry, mm-hmm. getting accommodations.
0: Yeah. Cause the last time we looked it, it had gone up every year, right? Like one or two percent yeah and i feel up. like
1: that hasn't been updated since what six 16 17 18 sound right it's been a few years some, anyway. yeah
0: some, some, some <laughs> for some reason that data has not been updated yeah
1: yeah that could be the uh maybe i'm just seeing monsters under the bed <laughs> like it could be that it's not even a problem <laughs> yeah. but it feels like a problem just because we again like we know that scores are going up yeah we also know that People who get like anecdotally people who get accommodations, their score improves immediately. I mean, if you want to test it out for yourself, just try doing a test where you have 53 minutes a section instead of 35 (laughs) minutes a section. Um, Your score will go up, especially on the logic games like your score will go up by like 10 points. I mean, just immediately. Yeah. And uh, so we know that the accommodations are extremely powerful and we know that scores have gone up a ton and it could be that the scores have gone up a ton because i mean it would be easy to imagine that the entire increase in scores is because of pe- more people getting accommodated
0: oh 100% i mean <laughs> that's wild it, speculation
1: it... <laughs> but it is entirely possible
0: Based on the outdated data that we have, if it had gone up from say one percent of test takers getting accommodated to two percent, you'd be like, well, I don't know, you know, how much of an impact that's having. But it, I, the last I rem- the last number I remember was six percent or eight percent are now getting accommodated. That's a huge that's a huge portion of the testing
1: population. Yeah, and maybe and-
0: that's reflective <laughs> of the the state of you know uh, learning differences. I I don't know, but uh,
1: it's still a big number. Yeah. Now, it, you know, I know that this, when we talk about this, it makes people who aren't accommodated feel badly. People who are struggling, sure, you know, and they, they just, they know they would do better with extra time, but they don't have a legitimate claim. Well, they don't time. think
0: that they have a legitimate kind. It's very possible that they do, and they just go. That's and true. Diagnosed.
1: Yeah, I guess I would encourage everybody to talk to their doctor. By the way, you do not need to go talk to the fancy Beverly Hills doctor for for a sixteen hundred dollar you know assessment. Mm-hmm. You, you do not have to do that. You can go ahead and talk to your regular Kaiser doctor or your you know whoever your normal, like student health probably. Yeah. Um, because I'm pretty sure that any physician and I, I think that most people should have access to a physician or a psychiatrist or psychologist who could, in their opinion, just write you a letter and say, yeah, this person struggles with attention. Yeah. Um, if you want to go that route, I'm pretty certain that you will get accommodated Yep, if you ask for it. So, um, you know, the other thing I would say is that (laughs) you probably like if you're scoring 165. I'm not talking to you. Like, I'm not I don't feel sorry for you. You're scoring 165 with regular time. Fine. Like work a little harder, study a little more, get that into the one seventies. I'm not talking to you. Like, I don't, I just don't feel sorry for people who like me have a lot of privilege, right? (laughs) Like we grew up with, I I didn't grow up in a rich family by any means, but I, I did go to college right after high school and I, I have had opportunities and I realized that. And so I'm just not I'm not feeling sorry for people who are privileged and lazy like I am. Uh, I'm feeling sorry for the people who possibly might actually have an undiagnosed um, issue.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what score to cut people off at, but <laughs> yeah, I, I guess.
1: I... <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't. Yeah. 165 was a weird number. I guess I'm just what what I'm saying is that because there also are the lazy students and those are the people who piss me off. Right. Like I we do. And I, I know you've had this experience as well. You, you've had people who want to pay you hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars for one on one tutoring, but they don't want to do the work. Yeah. And they then, you know, they're they like go get accommodations because they know that they'll do better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that to me is like, well, ultimately that's just not going to work out in your favor anyway.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, you're going to get into a, a school. You're lazy. You're not, you're not ready to compete at it. It, it ain't.
1: It ain't. Ha- I don't care what school you yeah. get into. Yeah, you're. Yeah. It ain't happening for you. Like you're, if you're going to go get accommodations on the law school admission test because you know it will result in a higher score and save you time on LSAT studying. Mm-hmm you're not a lawyer. Like it ain't, you're, you're not going to be successful. I really, I really truly believe that. I mean, because that's exactly the type of shortcut that I would have wanted to take if I felt <laughs> like I needed it. And I was hundred percent, not a lawyer. Like I just don't have the work ethic. Yeah. Um, but I, I certainly do feel for the people who've been grinding it out for six months. And you know, if you feel like you might have an undiagnosed issue, Go talk to somebody. Yeah.
0: Okay. You want to uh, jump
1: into this next email?
0: Sure. This one's from Al. Hey, guys. Podcast podcast listening stats coming in hot. In 2021, I listened to 232 episodes of the Thinking Else That podcast. I listened for over 20,398 minutes, which equals to about 14 days of listening. Wow. That's, that's by far the, the highest number we've seen.
1: Right? Yeah. We had there was like 6,000 was the leader for a while. Then it jumped all the way up to 11,000. Yeah. And then, and then Al is coming in with uh, 20,000 minutes or 14, 24 hour days.
0: Wow. Al, You're, you're still listening to us. Um, <laughs> I guess we haven't <laughs> pushed you away yet. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you're willing to, to put up with us. So Al continues, Apple Podcasts don't offer an end-of-the-year recap like Spotify does, so I tallied my numbers by hand. I scrolled back to the January 1st, 2021 releases in my recently played list in Apple Podcasts and counted the minutes of every Thinking Outside episode I finished from then on. As evidence... For all you skeptical lawyer folks out there, I attached a link to this email for a screen recording and me of me scrolling that list. Okay, cool. Thanks, Al. We'll just take your word for it. Yeah, um, I'm not clicking <laughs> on that. Come
1: on. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I appreciate,
0: but, I appreciate it. I mean, yeah. you know, but yeah. um, if you're lying, well, you, you got your glory. Yep. Uh, my LSAT journey began during quarantine in the summer of 2020. I listened to 40 or so episodes that year. Uh, two hundred and seventy one Episode 278, Part 1, through 239. I'm Working not sure backward, I've, I guess. Oh, uh, okay. I pulled the slot machine lever on way too many practice tests. This year I listened from Episode 278, this is Part 2, forward through th- Episode 329. Okay. And from Episode three, 238 back through 59. Whoa, okay. Lots <laughs> of going all over, but okay. I pulled the lever on a few tests this year, prioritizing fewer tests. timed fewer, fewer tests. tests. Sorry, um, I pulled the lever on fewer tests this year, prioritizing timed sections and drilling instead. Thanks, y'all, for the seemingly endless hours of LSAT talk, book recommendations, writing advice, and personal statement evisceration. Some of these, some of those statements really made me cringe. No offense. Ezra.
1: <laughs> I don't remember that one. <laughs> oh, no, that's the man, that's the man, es- man with the with kind, kind eyes. Ah, okay, okay. That's, that's Ezra. the legendarily, yeah, probably still most hilariously bad personal statement, I think, that we ever yeah. read. But unfortunately, that statement is going down in infamy. But
0: anyway. Yeah. Um, Al says, I'll be taking the LSAT next month and probably again this spring. Wish me luck. Good luck. I don't really care about how about law school at this point. But maybe I'll write a kick-ass personal statement just for the hell of it. Happy holidays. Um, okay, so you're taking the LSAT for fun. Maybe Al wants to teach the LSAT? I, I, I'm not following.
1: I will say that teaching the LSAT for fun is a very lawyerly thing. Like I have lawyer friends who still do the LSAT just for fun. Hmm. And uh, that if you're that kind of crazy then yeah, maybe lawyering is, is right for you after all. But yeah. if we have talked Al out of it in the thousands of minutes that he has listened, um, I feel like we've done him a service. So
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm
1: happy one way or the other. Yeah. I can't imagine writing a personal statement just for fun.
0: No. <laughs> Although it might be good for his like future posterity. He could... Or himself, right? Some people write in a journal for themselves. Yeah,
1: writing exercise, figure out what he does want to do with his yeah. life. If yeah. it's if it's not lawyering, I'm sure. Uh I'm sure, Al, you'll be successful no matter what path you choose. Yep. Cool. Uh, you'll make it to the end. I know that for sure. All right. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing we can't fail to do. Like <laughs> we all make it to the end. Yes. Yeah, you know, everybody's a success. Everybody is really very equal when you think about it. That's true. I mean, one way or the other, you're gonna die, and nobody's gonna remember you. And that's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for real, like, you yeah, know, no. What a hundred years from now, almost nobody will be remembered. A thousand yep. years from now, it's like guaranteed nobody will be remembered. No,
0: you have to be some. You have to be someone. You have to Crazy. be like
1: someone evil or you have to be like Hitler. To get yeah, you have to be evil.
0: Years from yeah, now. yeah, really. Alexander the Great. Was he really
1: great or just domineering, right? I don't Donald know. Donald Trump? Do you think Donald Trump is no, like no, no, one, no, no one knows who he that. is a thousand years from now? No, right?
0: absolutely not. Not all the presidents. How many presidents do you remember, right? It's like, oh, uh, right, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you go back to like the word, I mean, there are over Cleveland or whatever. Is like, huh, who? Yeah wait what uh, was his name that's all yeah. you
0: know is like a name and if that
1: yeah okay well anyway al good luck um i hope you do something fun and cool with your one-way journey through life yep uh, i don't know more. if it's one way al seems to go <laughs> all over, forward and back anyway so. oh yeah yeah al got the time machine on the podcast anyway OK, one more email here from uh, well, this is actually coming to us from team member Brittany uh, flagged. This it says, hi, Ben and Nathan. I heard the shout out on the podcast about the estimator. We were talking about our scholarship estimator yeah. uh, on last week's episode. It's lsatdemon.com slash scholarships. And okay. we were actually looking at some bad data. Yeah, uh, yeah, we were. It was. We were anyway, Brittany says, we were still tweaking the estimator last Wednesday and Thursday. Um it should be good to go at least until the updated index formulas come out, which is in January, I believe. When you run Palmer's numbers now, he gets more than half with a 173 and more than full with a 176. This hmm. is a basically a correction of what we were talking about last week. So sorry about that, Palmer. Um Anything more you want to say about the estimator?
0: Um, no, I mean, we're, we were just updating it with the 2021 numbers. And based on what we've heard anecdotally, it seems to be predicting people's scholarships fairly consistently. That's all oh yeah.
1: I, mean. I, I like, please let us know, um, if this, if that's not true. Please, if, if you look at the estimator and the results just don't match what you actually got, we yeah. would love to know about that. Of course, we also want to know when you applied, and we might want to glance at that personal statement. Um, sure. You, you could have stepped in it somehow. <laughs> but yeah. if you send us your uh, LSAC adjusted GPA, where you applied to, and you know a result that came out dramatically different from what the estimator offers, right? Like if the estimator said more than full and they offered you $5,000, like that's the kind of thing that we would like to hear, hear about. Sure. Um, If it's slightly off, well, it's just an estimate and it's going to be slightly off in one direction at some schools and slightly off in the other direction at other schools. But we would love to know um, you can just email the show, help at thinkinglsat.com um, or there's a link on the estimator, isn't there, to, to give feedback? There used yep. to be. Okay. So you can find the link on lsatdemon.com slash scholarships. By the way, that's a real good first step. If you're thinking about law school and you want to see what kinds of schools you might be able to get into at what kinds of prices, um, I can't imagine a better tool than lsatdemon.com slash scholarships. I think you should probably start there uh, on your journey. Yeah. Play with some numbers.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Cool. All right. Um, anything more about that? Sorry, Palmer, that we gave you bad information for a week, uh, but it is now corrected. And thanks Brittany for letting us know.
0: Yeah, no, that's all.
1: All right. Want to do an LR question? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Um, I think it's your turn to read and I'll do the question.
0: All right. Awesome. This is from test 73, section four, and it's question one. It's a logical reasoning question. Okay. It's It says, in an experiment, 10 people were asked to taste samples of coffee and rank them.
1: Okay. I would love to do this experiment. Um, I might be the world's worst person at it though. I think I have discovered that I have like no palate for telling the difference between Like I never could do it with wine back in my drinking days. I I could never do it with coffee. I I don't give a shit. Like give me them if it's hot. (laughs) Like McDonald's (laughs) coffee, great. Starbucks coffee, great. Coffee I make at home, perfectly fine. Someone else makes the coffee sometimes if I have guests, also fine. Like I I never I give no shits at all. Fresh ground beans, great. Stale beans that were ground up. A year <laughs> ago in some factory, perfectly good. I don't care. Anyway, maybe, maybe we're yeah. Sorry, maybe we're the same here. I think
0: like it, it's like it's all good except for it's like bad. Right? Sometimes it's like whoa, what's that? I don't want that. But otherwise, it's it's fine.
1: It's just yeah. Normal. What can I taste? Oh, I sent back a uh, diet Coke the other day. Mm. Uh, diet Cokes when they're out of code, when mm. they're out of date. And mm-hmm. that's printed on the bottom of every can. Yeah, the sweet just like dies. I don't know what it is, but the aspartame or whatever cancer-causing <laughs> sweetener that they put in Diet Coke these days, because uh, obviously it's not health food by any means. But um, <laughs> you can, I can definitely tell the difference between mm-hmm. one that is like good and one that's bad. But I never sent back a glass of wine or anything. I don't. I don't fucking know.
0: Yeah. Okay, so um, five of the people were given chocolate with the coffee, and this group subsequently reported that all the coffee samples tasted pretty much the same
1: as one another. So right there, I naturally have this hypothesis. Oh, maybe the coffee, or sorry, it's possible that the chocolate is ruining the palate of these coffee drinkers.
0: Sure, it's just like dominant dominating it right like yeah well you you can't even taste anything else
1: if you brush your teeth and then go have a glass of orange juice the orange juice is going to taste like shit yep so you know you brush your teeth nathan i do oh okay cool once a week uh, (laughs) i do it on sundays (laughs) um no i yeah like it's totally possible right yeah yeah i'm also on guard here that they they might try to pull a fast one and say that that's definitely what happened
0: yeah, well, the, I mean, I guess this one problem that I have in the back of my head, and I know I'm just reading, but we're talking about ten people and then five people. I, it just mm-hmm. seems like an extraordinarily small group of people to be talking to to draw any huge conclusions from.
1: Sure. Um, okay. Yeah, that's also an issue. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Anyways, five others tasted coffee only, and they were able to detect to detect differences. Okay. So
1: now we actually do have a difference in the groups. Yep. The chocolate eaters couldn't tell a difference between the coffees the non-chocolate eaters could tell a difference between the coffees that's a fact what does it mean though um, cuz i do have another objection already which is how how did you divide the groups
0: yeah how did you decide who would get the coffee was it or the chocolates uh, right Were they the ones raising their hands? Like, I love chocolate. I eat chocolate
1: every day. I want the chocolate. Because if you did that, if you didn't, if you did not randomly select the groups, then you introduce all sorts of possible sources of bias. Yeah. Or, you know, what if it's like, oh, well, the people without a sense of smell, I put them in the no, no chocolate group. Yeah. Whoa, what? You did what? Or like, (laughs) oh, people over 65, I put them in the chocolate group. Yeah. What? Or the
0: kids, the kids. Yeah, the they children were like... I put in the chocolate group. <laughs>
1: huh? Okay, so there's all kinds of ways, you know, and the, and the more LSAT you practice, the more you're going to just get tuned into all of the possible ways that this thing could go off the rails. But they, they haven't even reached an actual conclusion yet. Um, this is what being an LSAT expert really feels like, right? Where it all becomes like a game to you where you're just mm. like, all right, well, let's see where we're going to go with this one because... Uh, there's a million different ways that you could try to bullshit me and I've seen them all before. So what do you got next?
0: Yep. Last sentence. Clearly then chocolate interferes with one's ability to taste coffee.
1: Yeah. And they used that. Like I sometimes refer to it as the F word of LSAT logical reasoning. Um, Mm -hmm. When they start with clearly. Yeah. it, It is a conclusion indicator. Not always. Sometimes they use it in a premise but here they definitely are reaching their conclusion.
0: Yeah. I can well. tell
1: because of then. As yeah, because well, of the word I, then. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Clearly, then always introduces a conclusion. Yeah. And I just immediately go, it ain't, ain't so clear. Like you could cut out that L Y adverb. Yeah. Because it doesn't do anything. It's a bullshit, yeah. like um, they're doing it for emphasis.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: but it doesn't actually add any power to their conclusion. I just go, no, ain't no clearly. What's yeah. your conclusion that you're trying to reach? And they yeah. say, well, chocolate interferes with one's ability to taste coffee. And they could have also said obviously or definitely or surely or yeah. any other one of those, you know, all they're doing is like talking louder. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to actually resist that even more because i just don't want people trying to jam bullshit down my throat yeah so we've already had a million objections but like just to run through a few of them this is a real small sample maybe the sample is too small to reach any conclusions that was ben's objection um Mm -hmm. how did you divide the groups you know, did you put the children in the coffee group because or in the chocolate group? Because if you yeah. did, then maybe it's just that they're kids and kids can't tell the difference between coffees. No, they yeah, they, they think it's all gross. <laughs> yeah, um, could just be random chance.
0: Could be. Yep. Uh,
1: I don't know. Uh, okay, I, I've got. So, I'm armed. I feel like
0: you are armed. I want to make something very clear, and yep. I I hope people. If you've been doing logical reasoning for a while, you understand this. But we're not saying that the conclusion, chocolate interferes with one's ability to taste coffee, is false. We're just saying it's not necessarily true. This could 100% be true. It could be true. That's not the issue. The issue is, does it have to be true? And here are all the reasons why it might not end up being true and given the yeah. fact that it might not be true is a problem because That's whenever someone draws a conclusion on the LSAT, they're saying that this is definitely true.
1: Yeah. If they asked me what was the conclusion of the argument, I would let go of all my objections and I would say chocolate interferes with one's ability to taste coffee. Um, I understand the argument. I'm certainly not saying that the conclusion of the argument must be false. Mm-hmm it's totally sure. I mean, Hey, this is evidence pointing in the direction that maybe chocolate does interfere with one's ability to taste coffee. Yeah, totally possible. I mean, they were five for five or 10 yeah. for 10. Yeah. The chocolate eaters couldn't tell a difference. The ones who didn't eat chocolate totally could tell a difference. It's yeah. pretty good evidence yeah. on a small sample. Yep. And we don't know how you divided the groups. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But okay. so it's not horrible. It's just, no. it's not proven. Well, and that's it's the problem.
1: typically incomplete, right? It's, yeah. this is probably the most common type of argument that we see on LSAT logical reasoning where it's not outright flawed, nor is it 100% proven. It's just that the evidence, yeah, okay. It might suggest the conclusion that they're trying to reach, but it doesn't fully prove that conclusion and there's lots of things to argue about here yeah a lawyer or a law student you know this this has direct applicability to your law school exams because what we're doing here essentially is issue spotting right Mm -hmm. that's the first thing you have to learn how to do on a law school exam is to notice okay well what are the lawyers going to be fighting about yep And that's what we're doing here is like, boy, if there's lawyers on each side, you're going to have strong arguments, you know, Mm -hmm. on the pro side. Well, 100% of the data that we have in the record seems to suggest this conclusion on the con side. Oh, let me start asking you a hundred different questions about why your, why your sample's so small, how you assigned those samples. Could there be any other confounding factors, Um, you know? where did you do this test? Yeah. Did you do this test inside of a sulfur factory? <laughs> you know, or like maybe you oh, tested. Go get
0: the chocolates over there in the sulfur.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. where they're handing them out. Yeah. Yeah, okay. go get the chocolates in the sulfur factory. <laughs> okay, because that would like totally fuck up this whole study.
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool.
1: Anyway, with all that, we're ready to answer any type of question that they ask us.
0: <laughs> and the section is over. But it was it was fun uh, thinking about it.
1: <laughs> well, this is though how good if you're good at the LSAT, this is how you do it. Yeah. Because yeah. now ask me anything. Ask me a strengthen question, ask me a weakened question, ask me any kind of assumption question. Necessary
0: assumption, sufficient, yeah. Conclusion absolutely. question,
1: reasoning question. I don't give a shit what type of question it is. I know what the argument has as evidence and I know what conclusion they're trying to reach. And I'm already starting to see the kinds of arguments that are gonna be made one way or the other. So now it's like, sure, what do you want me to do?
0: Yep. Oh, I'm reading. Question one, which one of the following, if true, most undermines the conclusion drawn
1: above? Okay, so undermines means weakens. This is a weekend question. And it's like, every time I see a weekend question, I'm like, oh good. Because I roll out of bed in the morning weakening arguments, right? I mean, that's what we do. We we are always in attack mode. So this this is how you should do logical reasoning. If you're right now reading the question first, stop doing that. It's hurting your performance on the LSAT. Read the argument instead and always try to attack it. Most of the time, the argument's going to be either flawed or like this one, incomplete. You you should you should have a bunch of objections ready to go, and then yeah, like what do you think, Ben? Ten percent, fifteen percent of the questions turn out to actually be weakened questions.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's a good percentage. I mean, and, it's not the most common, but yeah. Well,
1: and strengthened questions, which are basically the reverse of weakened questions anyway. It's the exact same operation. It's just you're playing for the other team, right? exactly
0: you're still looking for the weaknesses yeah. so you can strengthen them yeah
1: or this could have been a flaw question um this could have been an assumption question all of the questions that they could have asked here are well not all of them but a, a, a big big chunk of the questions that they could have asked here are related to the weakness in the argument yep so when it does turn out to be a weakened question great I'm ready but if it turned out to be a Strengthen question or some kind of an assumption question or a reasoning question or anything else, I, I would still be able to say, oh, yeah, OK, well, here's what they did here. And probably the correct answer has something to do with the gap between the evidence and the conclusion. Yeah. OK, so looking for something that, if true, will undermine this conclusion. So I'm looking for a bad fact for the people who are trying to conclude that chocolate interferes with one's ability to taste coffee.
0: Answer A. The 10 people were randomly assigned to either to either the group that tasted only coffee or the group that was also given uh, that's chocolate. That's a
1: strengthener. I don't need to read any more of that one to know it's wrong. Okay. I mean, um, we objected to the argument by saying, hey, how were these groups assigned? If they yeah. were randomly assigned, that helps the argument, not hurts the argument. I don't care what the rest of that answer says.
0: Okay. B, Similar results were achieved. That also when-
1: strengthens the argument. The fact that somebody else replicated this <laughs> is only going to help the argument. Yep. I I'm, I guess I'm trying to demonstrate here that I expect wrong answers to be wrong. Four out of five answers are wrong. And so when it starts going off in the wrong direction, I just don't even need to read the rest of it. Now, once in a while, that means that I will eliminate all five answers and have to go back and read a little more carefully. I think it's possible that they could have crafted a or B in such a way that they make it correct, but I'm not gonna like it's, it's wrong four out of five times when it starts off wrong. It's now wrong, like 98 out of a hundred times. Mm-hmm. And so I don't need to keep reading it, like hoping that it miraculously resurrects itself into the right answer. Mm -hmm. This is the only place where we get to go fast on LSAT logical reasoning. Yeah. You know, I know what I'm looking for. A doesn't sound like it halfway through. Then good. I don't have to read the second half of A. I know what I'm looking for. B doesn't sound like after three words. I was like, nah, that sounds like a strengthener. Yeah. Well, okay. So on my first pass through these answer choices, I don't need to read the rest of this bullshit. Yeah. This is where we really get paid off for taking our time attacking the argument in the first place. Yeah. Because we know what we're looking for when we get into these answer choices.
0: Yeah. Answer C chocolate is normally consumed as a solid. Whereas coffee is normally consumed as a liquid.
1: I just don't care about that one. I, I, I mean, I, 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 ass- I, that's what I had pictured in my mind. I, I wasn't imagining
0: that- anything else. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. Chocolate Hot is chocolate normally- or <laughs> how about yeah. as a
1: gas? Ooh, I never thought about that before, Ben. Ooh, well, that's, it's our new business chocolate? idea. Yeah. It's our new <laughs> business idea. You inhale chocolate. <laughs> no okay, liability anyway. there. Okay. I was B. expecting that. Yeah. That doesn't seem like new information. How does that change my assessment of the argument?
0: No, if that were a problem, we would have already thought of that. Right. Because that's just common knowledge. And we're, hey, we'll hold up. Chocolates, you know, comes in solid. Chocolate's born. a solid. It's like,
1: <laughs> okay, thanks for your input, I guess. But, um, yeah. Okay, D?
0: D, the five people who were originally given chocolate were asked a week later to taste coffee samples without chocolate. And they still detected no differences between the coffee samples. Mm,
1: I bet that they intended that to be the correct answer. I, I have an objection to it, which is what if eating chocolate has long lasting effects interfering with your ability to taste coffee?
0: True. That's uh and it's not uncommon to have objections, right, to these answers. Cause it's it's yeah. about the answer that weakens the argument the most. But I, I think what you're also about to say is at the same time it's raising an eyebrow, right? right. It's strengtheners like, hmm. don't
1: have to be perfect strengtheners. Weakeners yeah. don't have to be perfect weakeners. Yeah. You could object and say, What if coffee has a permanent Detrimental effects to your ability to taste <laughs> coffee, but although I mean, you could think about chocolate, the counter yeah. argument to that. Mm-hmm. The counter argument to that would be, oh well, then nobody would be able to taste coffee because yeah, you're telling me these chocolate.
0: five other people have <laughs> never, never had chocolate, tasted chocolate
1: never. in their life, really. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, the their intention behind D, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be correct. We still have to eliminate E, of course, but their intention behind D was, hey, these people, they just don't have any ability to taste coffee for some other reason. Like, Which
0: isn't explained, but whatever.
1: Well, yeah, but remember our objection about children? Mm-hmm. What if these people are children? Yep. Like, that's, so it's like, it's, it's not the same as saying that these people were children. They have never, you know, they think coffee's gross. They think all coffee is equally gross. Um, but D is compatible with that understanding of the facts that were given, right? It's totally possible that these are people who just for whatever reason, I mean, they could be the people who don't have a sense of smell. They could be the people who had their taste buds burned out in some accident. They could be children who don't have a palate for coffee. Um, if, if they, if we repeated the experiment on these exact same people without the chocolate and they still can't taste differences in the coffee, then it doesn't really seem like it was the chocolate that interfered with their ability to taste the coffee.
0: Yeah. Answer E. Some subjects who tasted just coffee reported only subtle differences between the coffee samples, while others
1: thought the differences were considerable. So that's a difference between, you know, among the five people who did taste differences in the coffee. Some of them tasted subtle differences and some of them had considerable differences. Who cares? It just doesn't actually change the facts at all. It's like more details about that one group, but I'm more interested in the other group. Like the other group, the ones that had the chocolate and didn't taste any differences in the ch- in the coffee at all, they're the people that I'm really interested in. And D is about them. D says, "Yeah, yeah, we we redid the experiment with people who, and then we didn't give them the chocolate this time, and they still couldn't taste the differences between the coffee." Oh well maybe these people were not the best people to have in the study for whatever reason. I don't know what the reason is. I, I, I still don't have an understanding of why the original results came out the way they came out, but it does help me to question the conclusion that they were trying to draw from that study. And so here, yeah, I'm a hundred percent sure that the answer is D. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um,
1: yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's leave it there. You can be LSAT famous. Uh, it's a slow time of year right now, y'all. This episode is kind of short because we just haven't been getting that many emails, email help at thinkinglsat.com If you'd like to get on the agenda for a uh, future show, if you have questions about LSAT demon, you can email help at LSAT We've got a truly kick-ass customer service team. Um, So if you have any questions about the way demon billing works or what you get with your subscriptions or whatever, that's help at lsatdemon.com. Yeah. Please check out our other podcast, LSAT Demon Daily. We have episodes. uh, We try to have episodes five days a week when we have enough content. Uh, The email there, by the way, is daily at lsatdemon.com. So you have two different places where you might be able to send in questions for the show no need to send it into both they both come to me um anything else about that nope okay that was episode 331 of the thinking else that podcast thanks all y'all for listening nice knowing you don't pay for law school